What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Second Stringers NBA podcast. We're in March, and March for basketball typically means college basketball March Madness. But guess what? The NBA is putting on their own version of March Madness. And what I mean by that is this playoff race that's heating up as we're looking at the Western Conference with only four games as of today, separating the third seed from the 10th seed, um, Houston and Golden State is that number one right there fighting for that number one spot and out east the toronto raptors just sealed a terrific win today sean did you get a chance to catch that yeah wow alan i gotta say this was one of the coolest games i've seen all season uh you yeah. had a a real good battle between uh demar Derozan and blake griffin really going after it uh, mm-hmm. both guys making huge clutch shots in fourth quarter and overtime and wouldn't you know it, little little Fred Van Fleet uh, gets the game-winning shot to end the game. So, really cool game all around. Uh, super entertaining. Yeah, he get he was nice and poised uh, for that corner three to seal the win for this Toronto team. It's a tough loss for the Pistons, who are desperate for wins at this point. Blake Griffin trying to not finish the season as. The dude that got traded to the worst team or made his team worse, <laughs> uh, at least on the flip side of that Ooh. trade. Yeah, um, hey, the Clipper, the Clippers could end up getting a nice draft pick if they keep losing, though. Man, the Hornets mm-hmm. can pass them, and if the Knicks can pull off a miracle and pass them, too, that, that's looking like an even better draft pick for the Clippers uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, this is after, and the Clippers are up there just, I mean, they just recently, they had that eight seed, and I was going to, we were going to talk about them having the eight seed, yeah. and then they <laughs> lost it. So it's a back and forth going on for both teams on the West. But before we get to the West, uh, let's talk about the Toronto Raptors, because God, what they're putting together right now is amazing. I kind of didn't really see this coming. I saw them being like a an elite Eastern Conference team, but I saw them putting on basically the repeat the same repeat performance as they did last year but what do you know they're number one in the eastern conference uh with a nice little two-game cushion ahead of the boston celtics and they just clinched their playoff spot today first team to do it in the nba six weeks out from the start of the playoffs which is april 16th um and it's doing they're doing it because of guys like freddie van fleet mr 511 and the rest of his uh the dynamic bench duo because I want to refer <laughs> the, to the them. bench mob, man. This is yeah, more than a duo. Mob. This is a whole squad of dudes with uh, Van Fleet, CJ Miles, DeLon Wright, Pascal Siakam. <laughs> even I have trouble pronouncing that one. And uh, Jacob Podol. Like, all guys you probably didn't even hear of before the season started. Really yeah. giving great contributions to this team. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy like Freddie Van Fleet who went undrafted, uh, basically fought his way to the to earn that final spot on the roster and traded some of his time with the D-League and the Toronto Raptors until this year. Uh, basically, the stars align or the man worked hard enough to get into this rotation and he's done well, uh, shooting 40% from three, only averaging eight points. But it's not really the numbers so much that matter, but just the presence and the energy that these guys play with night in and night out. Um, This is a bench unit that right now leads the league with a net rating of 9.4 and is outscoring opponents by 29.9 points per 100 possessions. Um, And just to put that into perspective, that margin basically leads the league of any five-man lineup. And that five-man lineup for this Toronto Raptors includes all of these bench guys. So it's pretty impressive for this team. Super impressive. I mean, you, you have Van Fleet out there in crunch time uh from what i saw in the game uh with a super small lineup with him and kyle lowry and derozan uh yeah. all on the court together and you're like you, you look at that you're like man how, they're so undersized like how do they keep up but that's their lineup that they go to at the end of all these games to to finish the job and it just it really goes to show for van fleet's work ethic and just presence on the floor despite his size like He's making a difference out there, even if it's not scoring. Yeah, and it's interesting because, I mean, sort of tonight was a great example. They go up against the Pistons, who have near seven-footer Andre Drummond. You got Blake Griffin out there, and the Toronto Raptors got their much smaller lineup, and they they ended up pulling away close, but they they still ended up walking away with that win. Basically, on a good defensive play, DeMar DeRozan comes down and Makes the great pass to Van Fleet, who's nice and poised in the corner to nail that three. 
Yeah, it was actually a two just inside the line. Oh, Just right. a nitpick on you a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, still an amazing shot. And did you get to see at the end of the fourth quarter that dunk that DeRozan had with like four seconds left? I actually didn't see that. Oh, man. <laughs> like So Blake Griffin had just made his shot plus the and one to put the Pistons up one with like yeah. nine seconds left. And DeRozan just sprints the entire length of the court and no one even guards him until the very end. He just rises up for a two-handed dunk and just posterizes whatever Pistons defender tried to get in his way. <laughs> it was so epic. Um, yeah. then, but then Blake Griffin ended up uh, getting it to overtime anyway, so it wasn't the game winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, such a crazy like series of events that went down. But the Raptors have definitely earn their spot at the top of the East, um, despite no one really even noticing them halfway through the season. They're just quietly going about their business. Uh, Boston falls off a little bit. They're not playing as well as they did at the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. uh, now you got a team, Raptors team, that's looking more dangerous than anyone would have expected. might be actually the, the team to beat when you're looking at these teams uh, in the East. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the total sum of their pieces, they might actually be the deepest team in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, the saying goes that once playoffs start, like rotations start getting smaller, you rely so much more on your stars and your starters. But this might be the team to sort of go against that mold and and maybe potentially fight their way into the finals doing something that's not very stereotypical of teams to do. At least teams that make it that far. Yeah. I mean, the the point against them is that they are young. Um, yeah. What we were saying, like all these bench guys they have, they're very inexperienced. And when you're going up against a LeBron James-led team, that's mm-hmm. really going to show. Um, I mean, DeRozan and Lowry have been uh, to their fair share of playoff rounds. Uh, but the, the rest of these guys, uh, they're really going to have to figure it out quickly or else LeBron's just going to make them all look silly, even though he doesn't even have that much playoff experience <laughs> around him anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, his uh, his playoff veterans is Kyle Korver, uh, <laughs> J.R. Smith, and yeah. Tristan Thompson, I guess you could put up there. Yeah, man, I, I'm just, just a quick aside, I just think they shouldn't <laughs> play Tristan Thompson anymore. Yeah. I agree, and it's it's sad. I was a huge Tristan Thompson guy, the last couple of years, especially during the playoffs, I'm all, during the regular season, it's always like, oh, just wait till the playoffs, wait till the playoffs. Like he's he makes an impact then. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. And this year. Yeah. He's looking like a guy who just does not. He doesn't. He just doesn't. He doesn't need to play starter minutes anymore or he yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, he honestly might be doing them a favor if he just sits out the rest of the season with this injury that he's got right now. <laughs> He's got to find it somehow because let's, this guy's still getting paid $20 million a year. Um, and is a huge reason why the Cavs have, are going to struggle to make roster moves. Um, right. If they're going to, if they want to move away from this, the, the enormous trade they made this year. Um, and that he's going to be a big reason for that. That salary is just going to sit on that, on that cap for a while now. Well, I mean, if the Lakers have taught us anything, it's that you can just leave 20 million on the couch and just forget that it ever happened <laughs> aka luol dang um, that's true <laughs> so yeah, yeah honestly like yeah they're not playing luol dang Cavs can do the same to tristan thompson just wait that one out yeah addition sucks- by subtraction I, I believe that's what it's called yeah just give larry nance all the- <laughs> that's that's what a disservice <laughs> to larry nance i mean the guy's playing so good and He's only getting paid like $1.7 million oh, or it? something. Oh, yeah, man. and Larry, that's why when people say that they wasn't a good trade, I'm like, are you serious? Larry Nance is getting paid $1 million <laughs> and you're getting that much $1 production from a guy like that? Yeah. That is insanely good. Yeah. In what world is Tristan Thompson worth 20 times Larry Nance? Not this one, man. <laughs> I don't unless Unless Tristan Thompson just like, can turn water into gold or something like literally it would take something like that to to be equal worth. Yeah. But anyway, enough of Tristan Thompson. Uh, (laughs) Let's, we can move (laughs) on to the, the Western conference playoff update, a more, a more interesting NBA topic than Tristan Thompson. Uh, man, we got to give credit to these Blazers and Pistons on real hot streaks right now. Pelicans, you mean? Oh yeah. Pelicans. (laughs) Who did I say? Pistons. Oh yeah. No, yeah. No. <laughs> no, definitely not the Pistons. Anybody no. but them. 
Yeah. But yeah, the Blazers riding an eight-game winning streak. Um, the Pelicans uh, up right now, about to beat the Kings. Uh, soon to be a ten-game winning streak for them. That's huge. And uh, wow. these teams are third and fourth seed currently in the West, and honestly, they're looking as hot as anybody in the entire league. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if these teams actually finish like this. But I think the craziest thing is this: the Pelicans all of a sudden finding. A new life, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, uh, just playing like the old Rajon Rondo of the past, making the good, making the good pass, finding guys in good spots. Drew Holiday uh, becoming a well. great second scoring option for Anthony Davis. Yeah, um, Anthony Davis is basically doing everything: guard plays, passing the ball, shooting the three, rebounding, and blocking. Um, what a group! I mean. What was that last game? The last game they played, not today, yesterday they played... They played the uh, Clippers. The Clippers, yes. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, that was a good comeback by the Clippers, but Anthony Davis just... Shut the door. Absolutely everything. Yeah. yeah he just, it's, it's always crazy when you in the NBA how you can see one guy just literally completely change the game and take on an entire team despite how how much fire that team has caught. Like the Clippers were on a roll in that fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Anthony Davis just stopped them in their tracks. Yeah. That's, that's what he does, man. He, he is one of those perennial superstar players in the league and he's going to get his when he wants to, but it's going to be a tough climb now. Uh, him rolling his <laughs> left ankle tonight, actually in that game against the Kings. Uh, we don't have any word on how severe that is yet, um, but he's not going to come back in this game. But if he misses any substantial time at all, uh, like we were saying with LaMarcus Aldridge on the Spurs, like this could be pretty disastrous for the Pelicans. Um, they've yeah. been playing well, but that doesn't mean they're in the clear at all. They lose a few games, and you're looking, you're right back at near the bottom of this three through ten because um, no no one's letting up. <laughs> yeah, and. Who are they going to play? I mean, they got rid of Dante Cunningham and Amara Seek. Right. I, I guess mean, you play Miritich is going to get a ton of minutes, I'm, I'm guessing. So you play Miritich at the four for the most part and Emeka Okafor at the five. Yeah. That is a thin lineup that's, from that's court. That's pretty thin. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's about uh, that's like a New York Knicks ta- type of talented team right now. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, they, they got to just cross their fingers and hope that's not, that's not going to end up being... Um, any substantial time for Anthony Davis, but what about the Trailblazers, man? I guess you got to ask the question now: as a third seed, top three team, you're going to get home court advantage through at least up until the second round. Yeah, are the Trailblazers a real deal, man? Is this actually a team that the team that we hadn't even come close to labeling as elite? I guess yeah. as a third seed, you kind of have to give them that label at least right now. Yeah, that it's so hard. Like third, like. Sure, they're the third seed, but I mean they're riding a hot streak right now, and mm-hmm. they have good play. I mean, Damian Lillard's all star for sure. CJ yeah. McCollum's a good player, but they're not like any better than any of these other teams, in my opinion. Um, they're yeah. they're just they're just the team of the month right now, you know. Like ne- like months before, it was the Spurs and the Timberwolves. Now it's the Blazers and the Pelicans. Like these teams are just like totally just changing roles. Um, yeah. Just. Yeah, based on like how hot they are in the current moment, um, and that's the Blazers right now. But you can't really take much away from them. They're playing super well. Damian Lillard, man, it's Dame time every night yeah. for this guy. Uh, with a huge win over the Lakers, actually, the Lakers looked like they were well in control of that yeah. game against the Blazers. But Damian Lillard goes off for 19 points in that game, just draining threes without even looking, pretty much. Yeah, and really just brought that game back for them, and I really wanted to see the Lakers win that game because I'm rooting for them. They're they're having they're having themselves a good little streak here, but the Blazers weren't having it. Yeah, there were two hot teams that were colliding. I guess I'm not sure if the Lakers are on the hot. They were they were doing pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, their five game winning streak, but I don't think it. I mean. Let's be honest here. The Lakers are just still not on the same talent scale as the Blazers, but still, nonetheless, they were two hot teams colliding. And um, yeah, Damian Leonard sealed that win. And to your point, whether or not the Trailblazers are an elite team, I, I kind of have to, I'll agree with you in that it's hard to give them that label because of games like that, where they let games get close against teams that shouldn't really be 
in the game if you're in a if you're an elite team in that conference so the lakers obviously on the lower end of the western conference but yet they were in that game for most of the time um and the trailblazers have had similar games like that throughout the year but it's dame time and he's pulled yeah. through for those fourth quarter wins to still give him the w but yeah. i'm I mean, let's give him some props. Ever since that all-star break, Damian Leonard has been averaging 31 points, five assists, a 45% shooting, and 42% shooting from three, which is that's big to me, time. It's big time. 42 <laughs> from three. This is he wasn't he was a good three-point shooting, but 42% that's a that's elite status right there. You're, I mean, he's putting himself where he wants to be, which is in the conversation of one of the top point guards in the league. Uh, yeah. So something he's always been adamant about that he feels he's on the same talent level as Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook and numbers like this. I mean, it's hard to put him, take him off that list. Yeah, I'm, I, I am inclined to agree with Damian Lillard, man. Uh, every mm-hmm. time I watch this guy play, there's no doubt in my mind that this guy's one of the top point guards in the league. Uh, yeah. and he should be in that same conversation. He just hasn't had the same. Uh, talent like the same talent around him as like a Steph Curry or Russell Westbrook has had Um, so he doesn't get the same amount of recognition Um, but for as much as he's done on the offensive end their defense has actually been really good too with a Mm -hmm. 102.9 defensive rating during that stretch which is number one in the league actually yeah Um, really impressive I not what I expected from this team usually you see the Celtics uh, the Spurs teams like that um, who are known for good defense up there, but the Blazers are are doing just as well. And when you're getting it done on offense with a clutch shooter like Damian and playing solid defense, that's you're going to get a win streak like they're on right now. Yeah, and a lot of props to that goes to just basically a collective team effort. I mean, you put two guards out there like CJ McCollum and Damian Leonard, not big guards, decent size. So it takes a team effort to really cover for those guys, especially when you go up against some of these teams that have longer three guys and longer and longer shooting guards like a clay thompson or a durant um so they've really been covering for them and a lot of that props goes again kind of like the raptors but some of their young guys like a zach collins and uh this guy's got a long last name but i'm gonna try my best <laughs> pat connington that's actually i think that's right i'm pretty Is that sure right? got that yeah <laughs> that was pretty good yeah i mean it's so this is the thing with like a guy like zach collins he's a late first rounder um and it just goes to show you that some of these first round draft picks as late as they may be they they can still be crucial to your season or maybe not crucial, but they can play an important part. And for the trailblazers right now, it could be the difference between finishing fifth and finishing third. Right. Yeah. And who knows? They might even drop towards the bottom of that list with eight out of 17 on the road. Uh, one game left against the Warriors, two against the Rockets, one against the Cavs. And I mean, some other big games against the Clippers, the Jazz, the Nuggets and the Pelicans. Uh, mm-hmm. These are all huge games, and that's like that's like half of their games remaining. So you're looking at half of your remaining schedule just being do or dies. Yeah, yeah, and I mean those games against the Clippers, Utah Nuggets, and Pelicans are going to be huge for them. I mean, I mean, let's look at this situation. Like if they play the Pelicans tomorrow, that's the difference right there. They that loss basically drops them from third to fourth to fifth. Yeah, potentially to fifth. <laughs> Yeah, it's cr- yeah. See, it's like they can go on this huge streak, but like once you lose a few games, none of that matters anymore. Now you're just still clawing, trying to get back up to that third seed again. Yeah, especially when you lose against that team that's right there, right under you. Yeah, man, the Clippers had such a good opportunity to beat the Pelicans. Oh, I'm so mad about that. Yeah, <laughs> the Clippers, uh, they're they're playing for survival they're at this trying point because so Utah. Hard. Oh, yeah, because you got Utah, who just won tonight. Yeah. Um, I think that basically ties them up mm-hmm. with the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers, they played an uncharacteristically low amount of games compared to the rest of the teams this year. So Utah's mm-hmm. Utah's played two extra games. I think the Timberwolves have played like five extra games over us. Um, but, yeah, we, we have some catching up to do. We're going to have um, a harder schedule just as far as rest goes for the rest of the season because we haven't played that many games as some of the other teams, which I think is going to play a big part uh, for yeah. the Clippers, unfortunately. But hopefully we can we can rally something. I'm, I'm not losing hope yet. Yeah, there's going to be 
Man, I'm going to place my bets on Utah. I'm feeling really good about them. They're just Rudy playing Gobert, so Donovan. well right now. Yeah. Like, Rudy Gobert has put together some strong yeah, games. He, he really has. And I, I think I'm, I don't remember if I included him in a best performance of the week this week. I did. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been playing really well. And, you know, Utah's offense just goes so much smoother when he's on the floor. Uh, he mm-hmm. really helps with the spacing. Uh, gets a ton of rebounds for them yeah um but for the clippers a little unsung hero montrez harrell has actually as of recently been getting more and more minutes yeah at that four spot and I'm he's been impressive s- i'm so glad that you brought him up <laughs> every time i watch the games uh with the clippers i'm like dude this guy harrell he plays with so much energy and he yeah. has like the most surprisingly soft touch for a big yeah. man out of like mm-hmm. anyone in the league like he can score from anywhere within 10 feet, uh, which is saying saying a lot for this team that uh, DeAndre Jordan, like that dude can't make anything that's not a dunk. Yeah, that is that is hurting the Clippers so much down the stretch of games of not having somebody who can score in the post. Um, because, I mean, Lou Williams, as great as he is, if you just double team him because of his small size and you don't, you just cut off the lane every time, it's hard for him to score to have any other scoring option. Um, right. Austin Rivers, I wouldn't really call him much of a scorer. <sighs> he still gets the most minutes on the team. Yeah. It's, he, he, <sighs> he's in the free, uh, frustrating player to watch. I, I can't, I can't get <laughs> on this again. <laughs> we, we can't keep coming back to this man. Yeah. But we're just watching that Clipper, that Clipper game last last night, um, DeAndre Jordan just blowing hook shot after hook shot. He can't score. He's just an alley-oop guy. Yeah, he had good positioning, and he just would blow the... And, I mean, as of recently as well, the Clippers just have not been playing him in the fourth quarter down the stretch. Yeah, because, yeah, what do, what's he going to do on offense? I mean, Montrez Harrell can give you everything. Like, mm-hmm. he goes up for rebounds with authority. Like, his post moves are fantastic. Super underrated player overall. Yeah, um, man. If we could, if we could retain him, I'd be really happy about that. Um, but I mean, Tobias Harris um, has been great for us too. So yeah, we don't have to keep talking about the Clippers, though. I could talk about them all day. We can, <laughs> yeah, we can just, move on. <laughs> yeah, I've just been watching a lot of Clipper games as of recently and Nuggets oh, good, games. Good. I feel like I've all of a sudden <laughs> know these teams inside all about these guys. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, let's move on because this is actually the bigger deal here: the Spurs and the Thunder. Well, for me, I kind of saw this happening for the Spurs, and I, I can't believe I doubted myself, and I went back because I thought I was, like, heading into the season. I was like, okay, the Spurs are going to finish. I think everybody wants to put them as number three, number four, but I think they're going to be a number seven or a number six. Yeah, this, you this you year. were really doubting them, and I was, I was mad at you. I was like, how could you? How dare yeah. you doubt them? Yeah, and then the year played out, and I went back on it. I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Like, how could I have been so wrong? But now <laughs> I wish I would have stuck strongly to it because it actually looks like it's possible that either the Spurs or the Thunder could potentially not make the playoffs or actually lose home court advantage in that first round. Maybe not for the, the Thunder. is so much as a surprise ever since the season actually started rolling. But for the Spurs, kind of crazy that they've, they're they they're now falling off this hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I think this is as much a surprise that the Thunder are still in this position as it is for the Spurs. Mm. I mean, I had them as probably the, the number three seed, number four seed going into the season um, without really much contention. But you look at them now, you're like, I guess since Roberson's out, like they just suck at defense. Like he was just that important. Yeah. Did you think they were still going to finish third or fourth even after, I don't know, let's say January after December? I did. I did think that. I kept saying on this podcast that, you know, the Thunder, they're struggling, but they're going to figure it out because the star talent is way too high not to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, there's, I have no choice but to say I was wrong at this point unless they're really saving it all for the playoffs. I don't, I don't see this being any different for them. Yeah. So here's the question then. I mean, Essentially, these two teams have a chance of being elim- of not making the playoffs, but they also have a really good chance that they will just because that race is so close. But yeah. say one of them is left out, what would be crazier, the Spurs or the Thunder? Hmm. 
So the the thing with the Spurs, they they have made the playoffs in 27 of the last 28 years, which is the most absurd thing. Uh, <laughs> do you actually know the last time they didn't make the playoffs? Um, I would say for sure before Tim Duncan was there. I got it. What like the '96 playoffs or something? Yeah. So it yeah they did not. That was <laughs> like spot on. Yep. Oh, right, you know right what? before Tim Duncan got there, and that's yes. guess who they drafted when they didn't make the playoffs that one Tim year. Duncan, Tim that's Duncan. Right. Yep. I do know that. <laughs> I do know that. That's why. So subconsciously, I knew it, and it just like came. I said it without me really. I yeah. guess in my head, being that, like, "Oh, that's the answer." That's why you're the <laughs> basketball expert, man. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the last time they didn't make it. It was a freak thing because David Robinson got hurt. And mm-hmm. then they were able to make the Twin Towers, and they were never – the rest is history. Right. Um, so for that reason alone, just because it's been that long, I would say that it's crazier if the Spurs miss it. If the Spurs miss it? Yeah. I'm going to have to disagree with you and go with the Thunder. I think it would be insane if the Thunder don't make it. And, <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy step for the Spurs. And I think – I'm not saying that it's not going to be, like, a big deal – but I kind of feel like I saw this being a potential for the Spurs because of Kawhi Leonard and then LaMarcus Aldridge going down. But the Thunder just coming in with such high expectations. You got Russell Westbrook, Paul George, two stars still in their prime, and they don't <laughs> yeah. make the playoffs. Have we ever seen anything like that? It's pretty think- crazy. Russell Westbrook did better last year with Ennis Cantor and Dougie McBuckets. <laughs> yeah, and a young Sabonis. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Old Alipo. Can't forget him. Right. Not, he wasn't. He wasn't all star though yet. He wasn't. He wasn't ready yet. Yeah, this is pre Super Saiyan Old Alipo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, dude, come on! It's the Spurs we're talking about. In my entire conscious life, I have not <laughs> seen them miss the playoffs. That is true. That is a good way to put it. Because yeah. <laughs> As far back as I can remember watching the NBA, the Spurs were always there. Right. I mean, they were always the bitter rival for the Lakers in the playoffs when I first started watching the NBA. Um, so, yeah, they've always been there. But still, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, so much hype, and they don't even make the playoffs. That would be disastrous <laughs> to it this would. franchise. I, I really think like getting Carmelo Anthony was still not a good idea. Yeah. So he's he's shooting a career low forty percent from the field. Uh, this is gonna be, I think, his first year ever not averaging twenty points a game in, mm-hmm. in his entire career. Like he's just on the decline. Um, maybe yeah. not like this isn't the same level as a uh, Steve Nash going into the Lakers, but right. it's not. It's not like he's really helping them very much. I would honestly rather have Cantor and Doug McDermott. Yeah, I mean. Ennis Cantor, I mean, the New York Knicks aren't winning any um, games, but Ennis Cantor has gotten like a double-double like the last six games. Yeah. Um, and he's just he's just killing it for them. He's a great <laughs> option off the bench. And the Thunder, that's really what they miss is somebody who can score coming off that bench. Uh, Brinus, yeah. with Ferguson, <laughs> all, <laughs> uh, all, who, all these young dudes just cannot – and no fault to them. They're young. They lack a little bit of talent. They need they needed a guy like uh Ennis Cantor. They don't need Raymond Felton and it doesn't really look like they need Carmelo Anthony right now either. Yeah, so that I mean yeah, that's why I, I wouldn't be as surprised seeing the Thunder out. I would be more surprised with the Spurs, especially because wouldn't you know it, Kawhi Leonard says he's actually gonna come back now, uh, before this season's over. Um uh, finally coming out in the media saying he's feeling better. Um, there's no bad blood between him and the Spurs. He'd actually want to end his career as a Spur. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if he can come back before March is over, um, I'm not worried about him trying to get his game legs under him. Popovich yeah. will figure that out. But, yeah, it's like if Kawhi comes back and the Spurs don't make it, that would be insane to me. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at it a little bit different. I'm looking at it, like, in the long-term implications. Because this is – because I feel like – if the Spurs don't make the playoffs this year, they're going to be okay next year and the year after that. Yeah, but you don't think the Thunder will? Oh, the Thunder will not recover. <laughs> this this could re- if they don't make the playoffs, like people will be talking about this for years. Like, It'll be the Lakers, the Lakers' dream of their lifetime, right there. 
Yeah, I mean, Paul, they will be talking. They will be like, they could. Maybe there's a thirty for thirty made about it. I don't know. Like, it'll be like, oh, you remember back in 2018 when the Thunder didn't make the playoffs, and that was what set apart a domino effect. Yeah, with basically. three with three All Star caliber players did not make the playoffs. That would probably yeah. that would be pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, you're talking. They lose. I'm thinking they lose Paul George. Um, the Thunder just gets stuck in this salary slump where they just cannot get themselves <laughs> out and they're forced to just keep this roster around Westbrook and he eventually requests a trade. And, <laughs> and the Thunder franchise is just never the oh, same man. again after <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, if they lost... Ru- the day that the Thunder lose Russell Westbrook is the day they become the Atlanta Hawks of the NBA. Yeah. Maybe like, not even that. I think they become the Kings, honestly. Like, the Atlanta Hawks have... What's the have difference? Had, <laughs> They're both oh, terrible. Oh, this is the difference. <laughs> no, I mean, like, the Hawks made the Eastern Conference Final uh, three years ago. The Kings yeah. have not made the playoffs since an entire decade. Yeah, it's true. This is what, that's how deep... Uh, that's how far I think they go. Yeah, like like the Timberwolves uh, post-Kevin exactly. Garnett. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what I see. Yeah, definitely <laughs> that's what I see happening for this franchise. So yeah, oh. in the short term, next year they become the Atlanta Hawks, but in the long term they become <laughs> the kings of the Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, man, uh, I don't like wishing that upon. I don't like thinking, even thinking that upon any team. That's just so sad to think about. Yeah, but that's that's what I could see happening. But hey, let's give a little shout out to Robertson because he's missed there since he's been out the defensive efficiency has dropped to 109.2 which is ranks ranks them uh well below that second half of the league and that's where this team struggles and you saw it last night with anthony carmelo anthony basically almost giving up on guarding james harden (laughs) one-on-one and called for help and no help came james harden just got a wide open layup oh man it's like is he just is he too old? Is Carmelo Anthony just like, yeah, I, I'm too old for this crap. I, I don't need to guard <laughs> James Harden. You kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it's part of he's old and part is James Harden is a good-ass player. <laughs> he's, he's pretty decent. I'll give him that. Yeah. But yeah. Like, at least try to stay in front of him. Like, mm-hmm. Don't just expect someone to help you. That's so weak sauce. Yeah. I mean, in that point, he... He was ba- he wanted to eliminate the drive, called for help. The help never came. So, <laughs> Roberson almost came off the bench, <laughs> sprint over, <laughs> yeah, <him> out. <laughs> basically. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how this unfolds for both these guys. Let's see the Thunder right now. As as we speak, they're seventh seed with a thirty-seven and twenty-nine record, uh, with only a game buffer between them and the Denver Nuggets, who are playing the Cavs. Uh, the Cavs are winning that one, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, let's check. Let me get a double. Let me just check quickly. Yeah, the Cavs are winning that with a game with a minute uh, to go. Four-point so. game with, yeah, a minute 40 left. That's that's a close one. If the Nuggets pull that off, then, yeah, that's an even uh, that's even closer for the Thunder uh, getting towards the bottom of that, that Western yeah. Conference. Yeah, so things are getting a little stressful over there. But, um... How about this? These are the teams that are probably not are stressed, but maybe for the opposite reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a little more lighthearted for it for our sur- uh, circumstances here. Yeah, uh, I love talking about the Tankathon. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about these guys. How they're uh, basically c- competing to be worse than than the next guy. Um, the way wow. man, you make that seem so dishonorable. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> what it is. It, it is. It's very dishonorable. <laughs> you, you made tanking out to be exactly what it is, and yeah. I I respect that. Okay. <laughs> so what's 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 the latest update, Sean? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> this is ridiculous. The Bulls were issued a warning from the league for resting their healthy rotation players, Robin Lopez and Justin Holiday, mm. um, which is like. These aren't even like good players. Like I would rather have David Nwaba in there over Justin Holiday personally. I yeah. think he's a better player, but apparently Adam Silver's got got a thing for Justin Holiday. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I can see why you'd want to put in Robin Lopez. I mean, he he's been a decent player in his career, and there's really no reason to rest him. I don't know why the so it, this is the thing though. If the Bulls get a warning for resting these guys, why don't the Lakers get a warning or any penalty for resting Luol Deng for the next three years? That's a good point. Like, what's that the is difference a good point. here? I don't, I don't understand. Like, 
why the Bulls are getting this morning just because the Lakers are playing harder. Like the Bulls are still playing hard. They're just they just yeah. don't want to play these two guys. That of I I haven't I hadn't even thought about that that the NBA came down. I mean they sent a message basically this year. Uh, being really firm about the idea of resting healthy players, that you shouldn't do that. And yet, the Lakers have been <laughs> resting the whole <laughs> game the entire the year, I guess. two years. <laughs> it's been two years. He hasn't played in a freaking game. I'm surprised no team has brought that up, like a Mark Cuban or <laughs> right or a player. I mean, like LeBron James, I guess, or Greg Popovich. Some of these figures you think would bring that up yeah. or use that as their counter argument. Yeah, it's like Luol uh. Deng, like he could still contribute to a team. He could still put up some points. Like he's not completely washed up unless, like, unless something terrible happened to him where like none of us know about it. I, yeah. I have no idea. I mean, there was a stretch there when the Lakers didn't have Lonzo, Ingram, or Larry Nance. Yeah, a couple guys were out. <laughs> yeah, and you're bringing in just G League players instead of your $18 million Luol Deng. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure Luol Deng would have... I mean, I am I feel like this league could have made a strong argument that the Lakers should play him there. It's the, think, it's the I, best kept mystery of the entire NBA. Yeah, I'm surprised no team has brought that up because if they do bring that up, I'm not saying I don't know who's right or, or wrong about this, but if they do bring it up, it'll just open this huge, complex thing that the NBA might have to, I guess, send out officials to look <laughs> at team practices and be like, "Oh yeah, Luol Deng is legitimately <laughs> not a great player. Like, I see why you're not yeah. playing him." <laughs> if he even practices, do you yeah, think he even goes to practice? Maybe he's just literally at home hanging out with the kids. Maybe he has kids. I don't even know. I don't even know what this man does with his life. <laughs> yeah, I, that's interesting and. If a team does bring that up, I don't know how the NBA is going to counter against that. Right, but yeah, I don't know why the Bulls didn't didn't try to pull that one. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, you're going to see some more Justin Holiday and Robin Lopez Bulls fans. So look forward to that. <laughs> but uh, but to, to that point, I do think Robin Lopez is a decent player. He's a decent or, player. So yeah. I think he should be. I think he's a lot better than any other front court player they have right now. Other yeah. than I guess Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen's good, but yeah, I mean they're yeah. playing both him and Lopez as like a power forward center combo um, when they weren't trying to tank. Yeah, but it's really, really though the big the big winner right now is Memphis. <laughs> uh, they're they're winning this war, uh, really committing hard. Losers of fifteen <laughs> straight games just to you get know, all the way to the bottom. Memphis though is Mark. They still have Marcus Saul. They still have Tyreek Evans. Good players, <laughs> like well, really good players. So I, that's the thing though. Tyreek Evans is hurt. Oh, that's what it is, huh? He has been out. Yes, yeah, so they've been playing. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna we're gonna play a little game. This isn't actually a game. We're just gonna be us laughing about these <laughs> these five guys that are getting significant playing time for the Grizzlies right now. Today, they got anywhere from 11 to 28 minutes in the game against the Bulls tonight, which they lost triumphantly. <laughs> um, let, let, Alan, just tell me if you've heard of any of these guys remotely, like just in passing. We got Kobe Simmons. Kobe's spelled with an I, not like uh, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing? No, All no. Right. I, <laughs> nothing. How, how about uh, Ivan Rab? That's with no. two Bs. <laughs> are these... Are, have these these guys aren't recently out of the drafts or anything I, like that. I I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. How, how about Mike Henry? Mike spelled with a Y <laughs> and a K. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> all Mike's most Mike's are spelled with a K. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> but a Y is Mike Henry, man. You don't heard of Mike Henry? No, not okay. not in spelled all like right, that so either. Zero, zero for three. Uh, how about Deonta Davis? Nope. No, no, Deonta Davis. How about how about my man getting twenty eight minutes tonight? Xavier Rathen Hayes. That ring a bell? No. No, no. This is, all right. So there we go. Zero for five. These guys all got significant playing time tonight against the Bulls, and this this is what Memphis has become after Mike um, Conley got hurt. They're just like the second rendition of the D League, but it's crazy. They still have Ben McLemore. They still yeah. have. Andrew Harrison and where the hell is Chandler Parsons? Why is he not getting twenty eight <laughs> minutes a game? I I yeah, he totally disappeared too. I didn't even notice. 
Yeah. But Marcus Saul's still playing all these games. I feel so bad for oh, that guy because yeah. there is no hope in sight for this Memphis team unless I guess Tyreek Evans resigns, puts together that same performance he did this year. Chandler Parsons somehow finds another knee. Um, goes back to averaging 19 points because there's very few, there's very little things that this team can do to improve the roster. They're just stuck in this um, luxury, their their salary hole with Marcus Saul, Conley, and Chandler Parsons money. And um, Mike Conley really, though, Mike Conley have, is so important to this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't have any young assets to trade. And no. I guess this is basically their last resort. And obviously, they have a cheap ownership. Ownership, so. They're not going to go deep into the salary salary tax to try to put together a team that can get the eighth or seventh seed if they yeah. can even do that. But like, here's the thing though. So like, say they keep Mike Con- or Mike Conley didn't have a season-ending injury and mm-hmm. they didn't make the dumbest decision of their lives firing Coach Fizdale. Right. Like, they were a playoff team before all that happened. They like, were. Are they in this race if if those things don't happen? I gotta say no, no, Uh no. I mean, at the beginning of this of the year, I was pretty. I I probably would have said yes, but seeing how this this race has unraveled, I would I'd have to say no, like a strong no. I don't oh. think so, man. Okay, Th- this I mean, is I can't you, argue against it. Yeah, you got Utah. I mean, the Clippers are surprisingly still there. I didn't think they were gonna hang on for that for that long. Me neither. Um. Yeah, they. I don't think they're even as good. I don't think with that lineup, they're. I guess they would be somewhat close to Utah, but I still. I Utah's just a better team. Like I just didn't see Donovan Mitchell playing as well as he as he is. Uh, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, Ricky Rubio playing awesome. Yeah, and they got Jay Crowder, who's also another yeah. good piece. He's aight. Yeah, yeah, that's a strong no for me. <laughs> what uh, are, are you thinking otherwise? I don't, I don't know, man. It's so hard. Like injuries just change the entire like cult, like the entire environment of the team. Like mm-hmm. that was so devastating to them. Like Mike Conley going down, your franchise player, one of the most underrated players in the league, honestly, yeah. having a great year, and he just goes down, and your team just loses all hope. Yeah, it's yeah. What are you gonna do? It's it's rough, and you know, I want to think that they could be a still above five hundred team with him. Um, the whole the whole every nothing would have changed. You know, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have like fired their coach. They wouldn't have been playing these five guys that may or may not have just appeared out of thin air. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's yeah the, the, the greatest fall from grace this season it, it's sad but hey at least they are winning in a certain way holding that slight edge over the suns with 18 wins on the season i mean it could be that all of a sudden hey they win the draft and they all of a sudden or maybe they get like a top five pick and they get uh i don't know what trey young or the kid out of serbia or eastern europe wherever he's from and now all of a sudden that guy's the difference maker from them going yeah. To becoming a potential eight seed next year, I don't know. Maybe it, it's hard to sell, but I yeah. mean they're they're committed to it now, so we'll <laughs> see if they can win. Let's see if they win one more game this year. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they wouldn't be good for them. Maybe it wouldn't be winning if they do win one. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they can end the year on like a thirty game losing streak. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting story though. Kevin Love, uh, with his story in the Players Tribune, of opening up about the panic attack that he had during a Cavaliers game. Um, and he spoke about it in great detail, uh, feeling inspired after DeMar DeRozan opened up about his fight against depression. What were your reactions to this, Sean? Um, I like, it's cool, you know, that like he's willing to like talk about this stuff mm-hmm. and like about like the, the problems that he's been having mentally um, that have caused these panic attacks like during games. Um, for one thing, I think it makes the whole Cavs locker room at that time look like total terrible people for like calling <laughs> him out and being like, I, I don't think you were actually injured for that game. Or like, I don't think, I think you could have played, but you didn't. So I think you're soft. Yeah. Um, that, that just speaks like to their character. Like that's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, but um, secondly, sorry, I just want to uh, make another point here yeah. uh, that, um, I think it's cool that like the more you see these like big time NBA players like just huge role models for a ton of kids around the world like 
come out about this stuff and like show their weaknesses it it's just i think it's really helpful to, for like the kids that look up to them to like bring up their internal issues that they're struggling with too and to not be yeah. afraid of that um yeah yeah i think it's awesome yeah i i agree with you on that i think i was just gonna i was just gonna mention i'm not sure if the game he the panic or the game that he described the situation happening was the same game where the Cavs were calling him out about going oh, no. into the locker room I don't think so. I think it was a different game. Okay. But still, I think you did touch on something important there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Kevin Love and his Players Tribune, he didn't really reference any of his Cavs teammates specifically. But, hey, I mean, you would think that somebody on the Cavaliers team would have helped him out a little bit. But also, in, in the actual article, Kevin Love references this, how he basically internalized a lot of it, and he, he himself wasn't very open about it with his teammates and maybe it did have that did have an effect on that locker room culture that they had. Um, everybody was kind of not completely open with one another, um, and I mean that does affect players. But yeah, I do think it's it's pretty admirable to see Kevin Love and guys like Demar Derozan um, basically open up about this because at the end of the day, as talented and as these guys are at the game of basketball, they are just human and they do have these um, they have very real things that affect them. Even even things that affect us normal people, I guess, day to day. So for them to come up, it, it it humanizes them, and I think it's good for for themselves and the league, and really for everybody on like a higher level. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be really cool if like, yeah, if if it just changes like one kid's life, where like he said, I'm struggling with this, and like, but he doesn't want to talk about it because he thinks he'll get bullied, or he thinks that mm. like people will think that he's a wimp or whatever for like having this, this whatever, whatever he's going through. Um, mm-hmm. If he can come out and talk to people about that and that helps turn his life around, I think that then this is like just a huge win for everybody. Um, yeah. Just when you put it in that perspective. So I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, like the fact that like guys like Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, like they struggle with these things, even though you see them as these like invincible superhumans, um, mm-hmm. as athletes on the floor like do you think that this is starting to create uh i guess a sort of domino effect of players coming out about um the issues that they're dealing with internally yeah i i think so i mean we live in i mean the culture that we live in now is so much more open just because you have so much access to share stories like this whether it doesn't even have to be through the players tribune it could just be i guess a simple facebook post or a blog post but yeah, yeah. I, I i could see that happening more and more and athletics um just because and i also think just as a society we're beginning to pay more attention to these things to mental illnesses and the effects of depression um and internal issues like that i feel like for a long time the medical world was so much and specifically also the sports world so much focused on the physical we often forget the mental part and even though and that does have a a huge effect on performance um and just health overall so yeah, I do see it ha- having a domino effect, and I do see teams taking that aspect of health a lot more serious. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. hey, I hope that for this, that like this just clears Kevin Love's mind. Uh, yeah, and that he comes back. He, he's he's slated to come back pretty soon. He says he's gonna uh, come back from that injury a little uh, before his eight week timetable. So hey, let's let's insert him into that Cavs lineup and and see what they can do with him. I mean. Yeah, this is we forget this is an all star player that they're missing yeah. right now. Like he could be big time. Yeah, that would be awesome if that kicks off a, a huge um a huge surge in his game which would be perfectly timed heading into the playoffs because this team definitely needs a, a second score right now. JR can only be JR Swoosh for what so about long. Larry Nance though. Oh Larry Nance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As long as Kevin Love's not taking too many minutes away from Larry Nance, he can <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. All right. Well, how about this this story here you got about Steve Kerr? What's going yeah, on here? I mean, it's it's not so much a story as it is um, an interesting little maybe solution uh, mm-hmm. to to a problem that uh, players that go into the draft have. Uh, Steve Kerr uh, earlier this week saying that players not selected in the draft uh, that have signed with an agent should be able to return to college if they choose to do so, um, which. I honestly didn't even know that that was a thing. Like, if they sign with an agent, they're not allowed to uh, go back. Um, like, they've committed completely to tr- getting drafted or being on the street, really. 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically when you sign with an agent in basketball, you basically forego your eligibility um, because it's technically, I guess, accepting something and putting you on that line of becoming a on your way to becoming a professional athlete. So the NCAA therefore marks you as ineligible as soon as you sign with uh, an agent or you declare for the NBA draft. Um, and ah, to me, I ridiculous. it is a little ridiculous because it is a tiny technicality, I guess. I think you should be allowed to play your chances. You know, like if if you have a chance of being drafted, why shouldn't you? Why should that be an all or nothing? You know what I mean? Like if you're yeah, not selected, right. why can't you just go back and play college ball? Uh, I don't yeah. I don't really see and get an it. education. I mean, like mm-hmm. who, who loses there? Like you're giving you're giving a kid education. And he's he's gonna continue to contribute on the basketball court for you because he was obviously thought he was good enough to be drafted. So he must be pretty dang good. Yeah, it it's a little ridiculous, but that's the way the rules stand right now. And I and that would be an easy fix. I mean, we talk about potential yeah. fixes to bas- to the basketball world and whether it's getting rid of the one and done rule or setting up some sort of deve- uh, improving the G League. Uh, but this right here is something that could probably be done just over one day yeah. of discussion. <laughs> right. I think, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What technical like what logistics would ha- like make this like a hard thing to enact? Like just take out that one rule. Um, seems pretty easy to me. I'm all for yeah. kids staying in college. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because that's part of the problem. I mean, you get you get a bunch of kids who declare for the draft. And like we always talk about, you know, there's that 1% that knows for sure they're going. But then there's that second half that are kind of crossing their fingers that they get drafted. And when it doesn't happen, they sh- why can't why can't they have a backup plan? Um, yeah, that doesn't mean leaving leaving their home or leaving their country basically to go play in Europe or or China or wherever why can't they just go back to playing college right, yeah I, I really do wonder like I mean I haven't looked into it I don't know if this um, this has been like a documentary or anything but like what happens to a lot of these guys that that does happen to they sign mm-hmm. with an agent they don't get drafted and then they end up like their whole basketball career just ends right there um, they try I mean, to, they go out for the G League, but then what? Do they just end up on the street? <laughs> no, I mean a, lo- a lot of things can happen there. I mean, a lot of times these guys are good enough to play, whether it's uh, a first division professional European club or a second or third division or second same thing on the Chinese side, or they can play it, attempt their chances at the G League. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys continue, I guess, basically playing for an opportunity to get called up into the NBA and you see some of these guys get called up. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies called up a bunch of dudes <laughs> who basically followed oh. that, lo- that that path. It's like they um, went to like a local McDonald's and just like everybody <laughs> got, got a proposition for you guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, jo- the Jonathan Simmons of the world are sort of like those people yeah. um, who don't end up getting drafted and having to, they have to go either, Play in the summer. Some of them have the option of that playing in the summer league or uh, they basically go to another country and play their chances there and then come back and try to get a spot in the G League to get noticed by NBA scouts. I mean, a lot of things can happen, basically. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I totally agree. If, the, if these kids want to go back to college, let, give them the education and let it be. That That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't see why not. But yeah. anyways, let's go to the best performances of the week here, starting with Jeff Ennis third. Yeah. Going eight for nine, four for four from three for 21 points, four rebounds and two steals. And what would be a loss? Against which the is Orlando like a Magic. triumphant, fall, a triumphant <laughs> loss right there. <laughs> like if you lose to the Magic, like at this point in the season, like, man, that is super sad. They're yeah, trying see, to lose. See, that's the thing. I don't. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But the Mad, see, the Magic is a team that I don't think is trying to lose. I think they're, they're legitimate. They're just legitimately a bad team. It's <laughs> <laughs> really sad because I would include them in the tankathon. Yeah, they belong there, but they are legitimately just a bad team. <laughs> oh, man. But how about this guy, Rudy Gobert? He's been one of my favorites um, this second half of this year. Mostly because uh, of your fantasy team, huh? Yeah, he has been <laughs> huge for my fantasy team. And I knew he could pull this together, but he just does injuries, man. The first yeah, half. that was big. Uh, 
But yeah, but he goes seven for nine, 12 for 14 from free throw uh, to go 26 points and 16 rebounds with four blocks in that win against the Timberwolves. Big win. Uh, Rudy Gobert Huge. continues to be the defensive anchor that he is for this Utah who's trying to claw back into the playoffs. Yeah, you, you got to think even like Utah win even a few more games um, if Rudy Gobert is in the lineup uh, for the whole right. season. Uh and- Crazy exactly. stuff, man. I, yeah. God, I can't believe Utah, man. I just don't <laughs> understand them at all. They're doing it, man. They're doing it. But Larry Nance Jr. of the Cavs, 22 and 15 on 9 for 15 shooting. Yet again, the million-dollar guy right here, <laughs> uh, which is actually a very modest thing to be called in the NBA. When yeah, you get guys. yeah, it's very <laughs> modest. Yeah, yeah, when you think about it, yeah, million-dollar man, that's not... Oh, you doing all right there? You got enough yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, LeBron bro. can loan you a few million. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the million dollar guy, he's scoring big for the Cavaliers in his first start. Um, I guess Tristan Thompson is out. So now Larry Nance Jr. has got the starting spot, but most likely he would have gotten it regardless, I think. I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's on a, I think it's a blessing in disguise that this happened and Larry Nance got the start. But yeah. Career highs and points and rebounds for him in his first start with the Cavs. That's that's got to feel really good. And yeah, uh, yeah, he's gonna earn himself a nice juicy contract. Yeah, um, we'll see because he actually has still another. He's got a team option for a million dollars next year. Oh, he's not. Oh, it's the team's option. Okay, yeah. Dang, that sucks. <laughs> so he's gonna have to wait in another year to oh, cash in. Man. That's why that's this trade brutal. was so good. That's, a, that's yeah, that's really good. They get yeah. Larry Nance at a year older for another million dollars. <laughs> that's that's highway robbery right there. Yeah. Yeah. But how about this? Ben Simmons, eight for nine, sixteen points, eight assists, and thirteen rebounds with only one turnover and a win over the Charlotte Hornets. Um Dude, do you forget that this guy's a rookie? Because he, his <laughs> numbers don't look very rookie like to me. Man, that the most that's a super efficient stat line. When mm-hmm. you go eight for nine as a point guard, well, I, it's still weird calling him a point guard, but that's what he is. Yeah, like, when you that's go, it's crazy good shooting. Right, as an eight as a point guard who stands at almost seven feet tall, <laughs> unreal. Yeah, really impressive stuff. That that guy never ceases to amaze. But I still think. Donovan Mitchell is going to give him a run on it for his money for rookie of the year. Yeah, he's getting closer and closer. I don't think he'll pass him. I think Ben Simmons yeah, still walks away with it. Yeah, Ben Simmons is still playing way too well. But yeah, honorary mention to, to Mitchell for sure. Mm-hmm. But how about DeMar DeRozan carrying yes. his Toronto Raptors? 16 for 28, 42 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds. Huge win against the Pistons in overtime in what seemed like a game that... They might lose due to the hero- the attempted heroics from Blake Griffin, but Jamar DeRozan pulls in and makes the game-winning assist to uh, Van Fleet, who was poised <laughs> in the corner. Yeah, man, this this was a game for Jamar. Mm-hmm. Those forty-two points that a lot of those meant a lot in the fourth quarter and overtime. He just came yeah. up big play after play. Um, really, he probably has the best mid-range game in the NBA right now. I agree. Because um, it's a forgotten art, and they're mm-hmm. they're talking about a little bit uh, during the game. Like no one, no one tries to ch- practice their mid range anymore. It's all about threes or layups. And I mean, you, you can look at the analytics on that, sure. But it, I mean, as far as mid game goes, like since Kobe, we haven't seen as good of a mid range uh, since him. Uh, I think DeRozan's the closest thing we have to it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Carmelo tries, but <laughs> he's too old. He he's sucks. too old. And OKC is not running that many plays for him at the, to get that mid-range shot either. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, DeRozan, yeah, huge he's win. No DeRozan. Yeah, huge win for them, clinching that playoff spot earlier yeah. than anybody else. And a lot of that goes to him. Yeah, kudos to that guy. Well, how about this? The worst performers of the week. Who are these guys, Sean? Yeah, let, let, let's get right to it. So some of you might remember him as the Philadelphia 76ers Rookie <laughs> of the Year a few years ago. Yeah. It's Michael Carter Williams against his former team going 0 for 6 shooting, 2 for 4 free throws uh, for just 2 points and 3 rebounds in 16 minutes in nice. losing to his former team. Yeah, they were in that game for 3 quarters and then that 4th quarter just blew up. Yep, and um, if Michael Carter Williams made a few more shots, they, they would have won that game. Who knows? Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets continue to be 
one of the least talked about unfortunate stories of the <laughs> or not unfortunate but really disasters of the NBA owned and, and by Michael Jordan owned by Michael Jordan they're in the luxury tax believe it oh. or not for being a team that's not even close to being in playoff picture and they looked good for a while there but now they're on a four game yeah. losing streak so it's safe to say that they're not going to make a fight or they're out of the fight really yeah. <laughs> thoroughly mediocre yeah. Uh, here another mediocre performance. Thaddeus Young. Uh, bet you got forgot that guy existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you probably are okay to continue forgetting because he shot <laughs> zero for five, uh, with zero points, four rebounds, three steals, which is pretty good. But then three turnovers and four fouls in thirty-three minutes. Um, wow. in, a, in a game that the Pacers actually won. Uh, no <laughs> thanks to him. But yeah, you're in for thirty-three minutes and you don't score a single point. And you can commit three turnovers. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing good there. Yeah, you almost committed as many turnovers as shots attempted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a sad one. But, hey, to end off the worst performances, we got a, a double threat right here <laughs> coming from Emmanuel Moutier. Oh, I uh, feel recent- bad for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Recently <laughs> traded to the New York Knicks at the trade deadline. Uh, let's start off with his game against the Kings. Uh, 19 minutes, he put up a nice 0 for 6 shooting with 0 points on the night, one rebound and three assists as the starting okay. point guard for, for that team. And, and then later in the week uh, against the Blazers, he goes 1 for 9, uh, 3 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, and 6 turnovers Wow! in, in, that, in that loss. <laughs> so Man. Not, a, not a good week for this guy. Yeah, give the start to my man Trey Burke, please. <laughs> that right. guy needs to start for this team. Or Neil Aquina. Then they draft that oh, yeah, guy Neil high. Aquina. Yeah, you draft that's this right. This guy's so high. You're starting are starting Moutier. I don't yeah. I feel bad for Moutier. He had he looked like such a good prospect, but he just has not been able to find his mojo in the NBA. Yeah, it, it's sad. I mean it's not it doesn't help that he's on such a, a poor team. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, he was doing a little better when he was on the Nuggets, but yeah, this this was just not his week. No. Well, to close the podcast out, here's something. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Uh, recently in L.A., if you're driving down, I'm not sure exactly where, but I wish I knew the name of the street. But anyways, <laughs> if you are driving in L.A., at some point you will run into three billboards paid by an attorney in L.A. who oh, just boy. happens to have so much money that he decided <laughs> to pay to have these billboards out trying to recruit LeBron James to the Lakers. Oh, and, wow. Um, whether or not they work, I don't know. But here's a question. What's more likely that the LA these LA billboards convince LeBron James to sign with the Lakers? Or that Lonzo <laughs> Ball continues his hot shooting from three-pointer? Since he's come back from his injury, he's shot 60% from three, going 19 for 38. Compared wow. to the first four <laughs> games, he shot 23% from three. <laughs> well, what do these billboards say? Do you know? Um, I think it just says LeBron, please come to the Lakers or oh, something like that. That's not very convincing. I'm yeah, gonna, it's, I, I it's gotta go with Lonzo's hot shooting then. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this attorney wasted his money. You gotta yeah. put something catchy up there. But yeah. I, th- I think Lonzo's found his groove, man. Um, yeah, he's he's more confident in his game. I think now having almost a full year of NBA experience, and yeah. he just looks super poised out there. I I, I mean. I don't even think it's a contest, man. These billboards aren't going to do anything. <laughs> True. As much as I want to say the LeBron James, but yeah, I'm going to have to side with Lonzo, though I don't think either of these two is likely. <laughs> but Lonzo Ball does look I, a lot I think better. He can't, dude. I think he can uh, finish the season pretty well. I, I, don't, I think you're not giving him enough credit. You think he could finish 60% though? Well, not 60%, but like <laughs> hot shooting doesn't have to be 60%. It can be like 45 45 okay. is pretty good. Yeah, 45 is good. That's that's hot. That's like that is hot. That's like that's Damian Lillard status. Yeah. Well, let's see if he keeps that up. Lonzo Ball, because that remember, I mean, everybody was doubting this guy with that ugly shot, and even Isaiah Thomas said, "Hey, if it works, why not keep it going?" Yeah. And yeah the doubter, the, all all the haters are silent now. <laughs> yeah, Alonzo Ball's finding his mojo, but also let's give a quick shout out to Kobe Bryant for walking yep. away with that Oscar. Uh, when he said he was going into the storytelling <laughs> world, he made it seem like it was going to take him decades before he was in the running for this. But what do you know? He did it in a year. <laughs> so, yeah, it took a whole year. <laughs> wow. But, man, this, can this guy do any wrong? 
Like, I don't he, know, man. I, I, he has done wrong. He, he did something yeah, really he wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's overcome it, and now he has an Oscar. He has as many as Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Yeah. He, he's now in. He's now in. He's now in. Barbershop talks about NBA, uh, greatest NBA player, greatest shooting guard, and also greatest uh oscar winner <laughs> greatest oscar winner <laughs> i don't know that's a bold claim the hottest yeah take. yeah that's a hot take right there all right thanks everybody for tuning in catch us again next week as we continue to uh, follow this hot western conference race for the playoffs and also once the playoffs get started continue listening to us because we'll can we'll continue giving you uh hot takes and great opinions on nba basketball right Sean? And even, yep and even when the season's over we'll still be here every yeah. week for you guys <laughs> awesome <laughs>